Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Madcast Podcast. Here I am, here I am, doing my podcasting thing. And I am producing this show, the Madcast Podcast. I'm having an absolute blast doing it. All these rhyming words, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) So with that being said, though, uh, this is the humble beginnings of where podcast starts. There always has to be an episode one. And let this be the episode one of the Madcast Podcast. And we're going to talk to the man of the hour, the man with the power, the one, the only, Dave Tillman. He is the owner-proprietor, the mastermind behind Madcast. And he really had this idea for the Madcast Podcast. And we're going to get into that story on how you and I met. But Dave... Welcome to your show. What, what? <laughs> Madcast Podcast. Right. The yeah. Madcast Podcast. Welcome Love to it. your show. Uh, you are actually the host of the Madcast Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, what we're doing right now for episode one is really giving you the podcast introduction. I'm pretty much handing you the reins to your own podcast. Well, I'm yeah. sitting in the background producing it. I'm the one giving all the beeps when people cuss. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one making all the levels sound good when you got people clanging and banging on the other side yeah, of the wall there. They're always... Uh, uh, We've so never had a, pa- a podcast where people weren't dropping weights in the background. That's right. Actually, you're right. Because yeah. we recorded a bunch of them up to – you're going to hear those episodes later on. I'm going to make sure the quality sounds good. Oh, my gosh. I hope the pressure's <laughs> on. But for this one, you're right. It's kind of quiet right now. So yeah. I, I'm digging it's it. It's weird. I'm really digging it. Yeah. Um, and we're just going to kind of talk about exactly what the fans of the Madcast podcast are in tune for. So as episode one, we're kind of going to explain exactly how the flow is going to go for all of your athletes, your mad athletes, uh, what that means, you know because MAD is an acronym for something, am I right? Yeah. So we're going to talk about that. Um, And just basically what your guests and what our fans are going to hear, they're going to hear your athletes on Humble Beginnings, Mm -hmm. which is what we're going to cover with you in a moment, where your athletes are currently in their stage of athleticism, uh, where they are in life, because, hell, we've had doctors on our show. We just interviewed a doctor. She just graduated today. It's awesome. And then we asked the, uh, the third part of the podcast is basically when we start to wind down, but where they're going, are they going to get stronger? Are they going to take their doctorate to another place? Or are they going <laughs> to join your Mad Athletes program and BPT here? Uh, and we, we really deep dive into these athletes because they all have really good origin stories and of where they started. Some of them were football players. Some of them yeah. were golfers. We actually have some <laughs> That's here. right. Have a, uh, I forgot about me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and then they fell into your grasp and your clutches, and now you're molding these uh, athletes into, you know, they, they walk in putty and they walk out these bronzed <laughs> athletes that are just super strong, which is another thing we're going to talk strong. about. Super strong. So, um, yeah, take it away, Dave. Dave. It's your show, man. It's yeah. Your Where'd What's you start, up? man? How did you start into, uh, you know, physical fitness? Where'd you start, man? Yeah. So um, I grew up in San Antonio. Nice. And um, I actually was going to be a doctor, a medical doctor. I went to Health Careers High School. I always worked out. I started. I played sports. I started working out because of Rocky, like the movie Rocky. Yeah. That's exactly what started the my fitness journey. Favorite Rocky? Go. Um, <laughs> the fa- my favorite one. Yeah, your favorite one. The third one. The third one. I love. I c- you know why? Because Mr. T was freaking amazing, man. I love God, that I love one. Mr. T. It was so. G- I really liked all of them except the fifth one. I didn't like the fifth one. All the right. one with uh, Tommy Gunn was yeah. not. It's probably my least favorite, but okay. I loved all of them. Uh, I remember seeing the first one in the theater with my aunt. And nice. I was. I don't know. I was probably what, nine years old. 
old, eight years old, something like that. So the Rocky conversation is going to happen on my podcast, which you can listen to on iTunes, yeah. FM Genius Podcast. So we'll get onto that Rocky conversation on that podcast. But right now, let's stay on focus. Uh, you got into fitness due to Rocky? Yeah. Wow. So the workout scene the, from the first one, yeah. was, I literally watched that and started doing, I think I'm nine, ten, okay. you know, I started doing push-ups and sit-ups in my room. I remember setting the chair up and hooking my feet under the bed and doing because, you know, like crazy sit-ups and doing that. Um, and then eventually, when I was in the seventh grade, I started doing weights with a buddy of mine, um, and he uh, he had a barbell, and I didn't have a barbell, and he brought it to my house, and we started doing bench press and skull crushers, and I chipped my tooth the first day ever trying to do a skull crusher, and I came down and hit myself in the tooth Ooh. and chipped my tooth. And uh, and then uh, my dad had left some weights. Um, I, he left when I was seven, and there was some weights that he had left in the garage, not the garage, but the carport. We had this little storage room, and they were the kind that were filled with sand. sand. Those old, you know, they're what I'm like talking gray. About? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I guess he bought them at Sears or wherever yep. the hell he got them. Montgomery Ward. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, and I started doing weights, you know, and didn't know what I was doing, of course. And back then, you know, there was no internet, and you can, nobody could show you. Right. You just freaking try not to break your arm you know doing stuff and that's when i started and i i was always into some level of fitness um like doing different things you know for a period i i i try to be a triathlete and i'm a big fella and triathlons were not really for me but i enjoyed doing them and uh, um but i always um once i got into olympic lifting i love that i love lifting weights like that's one of my favorite things I played sports. I played uh, baseball. I played soccer. Soccer was probably the first sport I ever played. Um, I boxed. Soccer, um, really? Growing yeah. up in San Antonio, yeah. soccer. Yeah. I grew up my south of Houston, and uh, my dad, like, there were three sports I could play. That was it. Mm -hmm. Baseball, basketball, football. That yeah. was it. Uh, yeah. Soccer wasn't a thing for us. But, wow, soccer. Cool. So I was uh, – my, my mom was single mom, right? Mm -hmm. And she didn't want me to play football. I think she thought I was going to get hurt. Or whatever, and I was built. Honestly, look at me; like I'm built to play football. You're a big guy, yeah. Um, and uh, uh, but I ended up playing uh, soccer. Was the first sport, and she actually coached my first soccer team. And, and she, she led you guys to victory, right? She did actually, but she had never coached before. She had to buy books on how to do it. My no mom's way. the best. My mom is my my hero in life. Shout like, out, mom! Like she, Mama Tillman, literally is my hero. And you have a sibling, right? Yeah, my brother. I have two. two? I have my brother Mike. Okay. Um, he's younger, two two years, a year and ten months, really, and um, uh, and then I have a sister who's seven years younger, and I have a wow. stepbrother because mom remarried when I was like sixteen. Okay. Uh, but yeah, yeah, mom's my hero still to this day, every day. I, shout I out. call her every day. Really? Yeah. I talk to my mom almost every yeah. day as well. So yeah. shout out, Mama Tillman. Yeah, she's awesome. That's awesome. And everybody, if you, most of the people who are guests on the podcast have met my mom, and they're probably. You know, she has she ever I think she's commented on the Facebook lives. Have I, she might have. I yeah, think she has. Yeah. yeah. And she's the funny thing is she's not on Facebook a lot. But she, yeah, I she think is. she has. So she's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So anyway, from there, you know, um, I played sports, but then I went to health careers because it was all about Dave. You got to be a doctor. I grew up in South San Antonio. We didn't have a lot of money. There was times we didn't have electricity. We didn't have food. But I always had a house. Mom made sure we always had a house. But um, there were times we really didn't have money at all. Wow. And so we, we grew up, you know, pretty poor. My grandmother um, owned a restaurant. She uh, she would cater sometimes weddings and stuff, and she was supposed to throw the food away, and sometimes she would bring it to us because we didn't have food. And uh, Now, uh, her heritage here. So um, 
are you Hispanic? Or? Uh, I'm Hispanic on my mom's side. Okay. So my grandmother was born in Michigan, okay. but they were migrant workers. Right. And so she was an American citizen, but it was, I'm sure there was, they, maybe they knew that was going to happen, um, but she was born in Michigan and then had to go. She grew up in Mexico. Okay. And then my grandfather was born in San Luis Potosí, Me Mexico, and they met there. He was a mailman or something, <laughs> and they married. And my grandmother said, my mom is the first of seven. And said, oh. she said, I want my kids to be born in America. And she came across in Laredo for my mom to be born um, because she wanted them all to be citizens. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then she went back. And then I think maybe the second or third child, mm -hmm. um, she just stayed in Laredo. And I actually, as a kid, remember when my grandfather got his citizenship and he cried. I remember this. And it was like a big deal. That's awesome. Yeah. See, yeah. I just heard that little thing because you mentioned your grandmother bringing you food from catering weddings yeah. and having a restaurant. I just think it's like a Hispanic grandmother thing to yeah. make sure that their grandsons <laughs> well, eat, you know they, what I mean, or grandkids eat. That's you know? how they show love, I yeah. think. They so, show it all of a plate. <laughs> so she didn't work on Mondays. Keep in mind, like, she was at this restaurant. She would open up the restaurant um, like 10, 11 in the morning. It was mm. a little drive-in in downtown San Antonio, like right next to the courthouse, you know, to the federal courthouse, mm -hmm. right? And um, she uh, she would open up at 11 and close at midnight, too, depending on how busy it was. Oh, wow. She was only closed on Mondays. And every Monday, we would go to her house, and she would make everybody dinner. And that's how it happened, right? So on her day off from cooking, she's cooking Wow. for us. And it was always like, hey, you need to eat. You need to eat. Yeah. Um, you know, and Hispanic, like, you know, if, if you – if yeah. Yeah. So, know. <laughs> you know – they don't pull any punches. They say exactly what they think. Oh, yeah. I can remember, like, my brother went through this period. He's not not as much now, but he was heavy. And she came and he came in, and she was like, she hits him in the belly, and she's like, oh, Michael, you're so fat. And she was like, <laughs> you want some food? <laughs> and right away, she's going to start cooking for him. Yeah. You know, but that's, that's how they showed a, love. I was always a thin kid. I was really skinny uh, growing up, so I, I always looked hungry. So no matter what. Uh, my grandmother was just piling on the plate, like here, have another, have another tamale, another tamale. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, hell yeah. I had like eight. Yeah, can't have any more. But uh, I think it's just like I moved thing, to yeah. Austin, and I really think I'm gonna be honest with you. If I stayed in San Antonio that whole time, I moved up to go to go to college to go to UT. If I stayed there, I'd be over 300 pounds. Oh wow, for That's sure. Funny. It was like eat, finish this. Yeah, you right. Know? I yeah. know exactly what you mean. But you just said something that really uh, sparks interest here. You moved to San Antonio. Uh, you moved to Austin from San Antonio. Yeah. So uh, how? What was your high school? So I went to Health like? Careers High School. Okay. I had to apply to get in, and so um, and the funny thing is, I literally was written in in pencil. I was the only guy. They had this list of whatever 200 names mm -hmm. i think they took 200 every year and i was in the second class that they started and they didn't want they didn't they started with only freshmen okay they wanted you to go the whole four years at this school health careers high school in san antonio and so i was the second group so there was a, a class ahead of me they they were going to be sophomores and we were going to be freshmen and i was written in in pencil and i was the only one written in i don't know maybe i whatever i barely made it in by the skin of my teeth and then i went there um, they didn't have sports there, but I played sports outside of there. Okay. But it was a lot of academics because I was going to become, I was going to go to medical school. That's what right. I wanted. We had to do things like in the high school, we learned how to draw blood. We learned how to, you wow. know, autoclave. We learned it. We learned what all the scalpels were for. We learned all that. Really? The, the idea was to gear people towards m medicine and health. Right. And then, um, and it was awesome. So I was part of the second graduating class in San Antonio of Health Careers High School. 
and it was a unique, different thing. When we started, we were in portables right behind CVS on Fredericksburg. Okay. Yeah. And then eventually we got our own school. Like we got our own building. And that was wow. a big, I think that was my junior year maybe. So or halfway through my sophomore year. So while other kids were learning like traditional math. And yeah. Like we had math, but we had, we had to go an extra two hours every day for whatever the medical stuff was. But that's what I'm saying. So like, yeah. you know, most kids, you know, back then went to a traditional high school. You know that learned the you know traditional high school math right. and science. Yeah, yeah. But for you, every one of your subjects were probably like medical. That's right. Medically infused of some kind. So yeah. Wow, that's that's really awesome. Yeah. Okay. Um, man, that I mean, I'm, I'm blown away. That's yeah. awesome. Um, was it always the plan to go to UT, or was A and M ever an option? Or <laughs> yeah, I just gotta ask, man. Like you're a Texas guy. Like I always wanted to go to A and M. I'm going to is. say this. All right. A right. and M was never an option. Okay. <laughs> Yo, so when, okay. I, was, when right. I was 12 years old, um, my mom, my mom again, we're going yeah. back to mom. Mom was a huge Houston Oilers fan nice. and loved Earl Campbell. Nice. Like, and I mean, so my mom is not allowed to watch football because when I was, a, when I was a kid, she would scream so loud that literally the neighbors would come over and wonder if everything was okay. <laughs> That's my mom. Your so I'm awesome. going to say this. At a church softball game, I'm playing softball for the church, right? She, I guess, was overcome with the spirit or something and stood up and yelled, David, hit the shit out of that ball. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Next to the preacher and the, and you know, so, I mean, she just, when it comes to sports, like, she just goes crazy. And she loved Earl Campbell. She worked for an insurance company that, uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield, and she mm -hmm. would go around and set up policies. So she had to come to Austin, and I'm 12, and we pull up. We, she took us around, me and my brother. But um, I got a UT shirt, and we stopped by the stadium, and the guy, they were having practice, but the groundskeeper was there by the gate, and he let me walk on the field while they were having practice. And I remember that like, you know, like it was yesterday. And it was like, a I'm on the field, you know, at UT and they're practicing and I'm 12 years old and it was just freaking amazing, you know what I mean? I love and it. And so it was always that, or the other option was someplace that had a beach. So it was either <laughs> gonna be like, I'm gonna go to Hawaii or I'm going to UT. You could have been going to Miami, like, yeah. you know, hurricanes. Yeah, you know, the, it, it just wasn't the, an option for me. You gotcha. Know? So UT was always it. Like, that yeah. Was, yeah, I love it. I love so, it. And so um, and to be honest with you, like I stayed in San Antonio my first semester, even though I got accepted to UT. But that's because um, that's because I met my wife and we started dating. And oh. I, I did probably the thing I would tell my kids to never do and like turn down UT so that I could you know get involved with the girl <laughs> so you 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 followed uh you followed your heart right okay yeah but but your the heart wasn't you, UT. you would never tell your kids right, to do. right so but the funny thing is then um in mid-semester like i went to utsa and, and i was there with my buddy eddie who did not get accepted to ut we were taking classes we went to health careers together mm -hmm. and um and we were taking classes and i it, I don't want to say I regretted the decision because I didn't regret it, but I immediately was like, holy crap, I turned UT down, you know. And so right away I started application process to try to get back into UT and transfer up. Um, and especially as things sort of solidified, you know, in my relationship. 
in our when you really found out she was the right one. Yeah. right then i was like okay i can go to ut now and things are going to be cool and shout out you to know. your lovely wife yeah because she she was awesome she's awesome yeah, yeah she, she is she is and then um uh so i tr i went one semester to utsa and transferred to ut and i left eddie there in in oh, no way you yeah. left your buddy there yeah i left him and and she didn't even know like i literally drove up with mom i got accepted and and signed a lease on an apartment and came back and my mom was like, Dave signed a lease on an apartment and da 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 da. And Robin was like, what? You know? <laughs> yeah. And so then I went up and we had this distance relationship for a while and I was in college and Eddie eventually moved up and became my roommate. My brother was two years behind me mm -hmm. and he came in and we all lived together for a while, like the three of us. And uh, all three of you guys athletes at that time, are you guys all three working out together? Because um, I mean, yeah, so now you're in college. Yes. And now you're doing their thing. Um, you're still in medical in college. Um, at this yeah. Point? You're well, still on track. Yes. Okay. Sort of. Sort of. Sort of. I was okay. kind of torn because uh, honestly, I wanted to be marine biology a little bit. I love really? the ocean, love the beach. Remember I told you like it could have been a beach. Yeah. And so I was still torn, but everything was pre-med from the beginning. I gotcha. Like I was pre-med. And um, and Eddie was also pre-med. Right. And but I was a little bit like, maybe I'll try this. Maybe I'll try that. And um, I don't know if Mike was pre-med or not, because, you know, he was a little bit behind. Mm -hmm. um, and then during college, like I got married and Robin and I got our own place and Mike and Eddie stayed roommates. Oh, all right. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. So it was like that. Eddie Eddie went to medical school before I did. And actually, Eddie's the reason that I decided not to go to medical school. Really? Um, yeah. I took the MCAT. I was all ready. And he was telling me like what it was like. He was he ended up a year ahead of me and I was like, I don't want to do that. Like, that doesn't sound fun to me at all. And um, and uh, so I what happened was I took a kinesiology class mm -hmm. and I, in pre-med, you learn a lot about um, like invertebrate physiology and stuff like that. And so it was a lot of sea urchins and stuff like that. And I got really tired of that. And when I took kinesiology, it was very much like um, human beings, mm -hmm. you know, and I loved it right away right away and i was like well how can i make a career out of this and i'll be honest with you like most of the people who got a degree in kinesiology are not working in the field they, i mean wow. it can be a challenge to work as a trainer yeah you know? yeah and um a lot of them you know went on to to make whatever sales to work at dell and stuff like that yeah, i yeah. had that option i had yeah. that offer and I turned well, it down. And being in Austin, yeah, yeah, I mean, they're right there. Uh, yeah. I literally got an offer, and my buddy was there, um, and he was making six figures, and he was like, "It's a sales job, Dave. Are you gonna be okay with this?" And I, I looked over the sea of cubes that I saw, and I was like, "If I'm here, I'm gonna drink myself to oblivion." And uh, I, s they called me back for the next semester, and I was like, "No." And know. at this time, you're, you're newlywed. Yeah. Uh, how did your wife feel about you turning down six figures in a sales job? Uh, I didn't really tell her at the time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Gotcha. Gotcha. I kind of, I kind of liken that story to uh, Sylvester Stallone turning down the script for Rocky, but they're like, they wanted to put Robert Redford in it. Or right. Like, right. He's like, no. <laughs> so you're, you're, you're now realizing you have different aspirations. Yeah. You've been kind of yeah. bred and taught medical 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 yeah which in a way you you took all of that knowledge yeah. and you're putting it into what you're doing now but to get to what you're doing now do where did you where did you make that left you're supposed to go yeah. right where did you make that yeah. left so to, first to it was the kinesiology class right. kinesiology. that was the first thing yes i did that and i changed my major like okay. as soon as i was in that class probably i don't know whatever halfway six weeks maybe whatever i'm like boom i'm not i'm not gonna i don't care about 
biology, marine biology pre-med. I want a degree in kinesiology. So I had to go extra. I think I went an extra year and a half. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and I loved it, man. I loved the human body. Like, let's learn how this works and yeah. how to make it amazing. And that's where I started the things with Super Strong because I had some great, great professors. I got to work with Jan and Terry Todd, who are, you know, famous in the world of strength and conditioning. Uh, Jan Todd was five times world's strongest woman, you know, and they set up the Stark Center, which is all about the history of like humans getting better at fitness and getting stronger and that sort of stuff. And I learned a lot of things from them and that's kind of set the path, right? So then I graduate. Um, I know I'm not going to go to medical school. I get a job at Globo Gym, right? I'm at Cuba Sports Club, and it's a Globo Gym. And okay. I'm the trainer with the clipboard, right? And I'm like, come on. And really, to be honest, that job became a sales job. That's what they wanted because they wanted money. Sign-ups, right? Right. Yeah. They just want, like, boom. And, we, and I learned a lot. I learned kind of how to sell fitness. And I needed it, but it wasn't – I mean, selling fitness isn't a sexy thing, you know? Yeah. Especially when you're you're – basically have a history of science in your head sure i mean because because in that in that job were they just trying to get more you know members so right. to speak instead of like you know you're just getting they don't hey. care how you train them right they don't I care if they get results that. exactly you <laughs> they don't they don't want. care they just want to make sure that they're how much did you turn in today yeah you that's go. exactly what okay so and that's is it is that what kind of again led you to where we're going to get to our destination which yeah. is why we're talking right now yeah. where mad athletes are super strong right so you're working in that gym and you understand that your management people above you are just telling you just get heads in here we don't yeah. care if they're losing weight we don't care if they're getting results right. so that completely probably turned you off like i don't right. want to do this this is a job right i don't want to have a job right. i want to working for the man right i right. want to be the man and exactly. i also don't want to because i i mean i'm in your gym I mean, yeah. right now, I mean, I'm in one of your facilities and your athletes here aren't just people that are like, hey, yeah, I get off work. I do my hour workout and I go right, home right. like, no, there are athletes right behind us right now that have been here since five o'clock. Yeah. And it's going on 10 o'clock yep. and they're probably finishing up. Maybe, maybe not yeah. <laughs> because they're dedicated to your programming. Exactly. OK, so you're in a job. You know it's a paycheck. You know what they're telling you to do, but you, something's not clicking. You're like, no. So the, it, there was, like I said, I learned things about mm -hmm. business, right? Yeah, there's your business. Right. Okay. But there was a couple things that happened that actually helped me out. Okay. And so there, for whatever reason, at this particular facility, there was people that had similar minds, right? So I can list probably four or five other trainers besides me that have gone on to be experts in their field. Right. So one of them, uh, her name was Valerie. I, gr I literally graduated the same day with her at UT. We didn't really know each other, but then we started working to together. And we were like, weren't you at graduation? Yeah, you were at graduation. So she is one of the leading pose running instructors in the world today. Right. And so then I also have a buddy. And back then it was all bodybuilding. Like that's what we did. Right. Right. Like you, I knew some Olympic lifters, but it was mostly bodybuilding. Right. So. I had a buddy named Steve who is who is like a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu now, and he graduated from Texas State, and he was there. We're starting to work on, you know, bodybuilding and stuff like that. Also, I'm trying to make money, yeah. right? So I'm busy. I'm doing 10 one-hour sessions a day, okay, 10 hours a day, back to back to back. When do I work out, right? Okay. Right. So then it becomes like Steve comes up, hey, man, I found this training Philosophy, this training regimen from Mike Mincer. 
right? It's a half hour, three times a week, and it's negatives. It's tempo lifts. It's one set to failure. You have a four-second negative. You do three exercises. You're done in a half an hour. And I was like, okay, I can do this because I'm trying to make money. I'm trying to hustle. You know, I'm a I'm very, like, driven person, and let's do this. So we do it, right? And we're into it, like, 10, 12 weeks and getting re good results, working three half-hour workouts a week. And the cool thing was we got really strong. So it was a four-second negative. So if I'm doing a leg extension, right, mm -hmm. I'm four seconds down, boom, eight to 12 reps. If I hit 12 reps, the next week when I do that, I go up in weight, right? So I'm going up in weight about every week, every couple of weeks, right? Wow. Okay. So you get really strong. And so that's the thing. I knew already from college that eccentric loading negatives make you stronger, right? And so I learned that from Jan, Jan and Terry Todd, right? Mm -hmm. Learned a lot about strength training from them. Then we do this workout, and I'm like, wow, you can get stronger working a half an hour a day? Like, this is crazy, right? And so then that kind of factors in, okay? I'm also working with a guy who literally wrote the book. You're talking about 1990, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the ketogenic diet book. Like, wrote it, yes. Guy was cr crazy smart, a little bit you know, different from Far everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 different from everybody, but experimented with us on stuff like keto and whatever. And I'm not a keto guy right now, but I, you know, I, I think I've, uh, I've said this before, like everything works, but not for everybody, right? Right. So there are people that it's perfect for and people that it's not. So, you know. Everybody's makeup is different. Right. You know, their body makeup. Right. Plus you your know. goals and what right. can you live with and what are you going to comply with? Right. Um, but definitely experimented on us he's written like six or eight books now so there was a few people in there and you have these like-minded people that are like we're going this direction yeah and we're gonna buck the system and it doesn't matter you know if we're getting rich right now we're eventually gonna make this successful and that became my mindset that I love this I want to find a way to make this successful now I had my doubts particularly when my daughter was born my first daughter it was like oh crap I gotta buy a house I got to do this. I got to. And that's when I decided, like, maybe I should go work at Dell. You know, I have buddies that have left, you know, training and gone to work at Dell. And there and at that time, Dell would hire you if you had a degree. They didn't care what the degree was in. Right. Mm -hmm. And Dell was growing. And so they were looking. And I worked into management and we were the first gym in America that had done a million dollars in personal training sales. Now, that was partly because of us, but also because Austin was booming. Sure. We had the tech boom, and so we took yeah. advantage of that, right? But I actually went to give lectures at different uh, health club associations. They had URSA and TERSA, and I went to give lectures on how we sold a million dollars in personal training. So you're hustling at this point. Yeah. You still got a standard nine to five, but your mentality isn't. It was more like seven to ten. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but your mentality isn't ba isn't what. You know, they, they probably showed you the, 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 the introductory video. Yeah. And, you know, and you, that's what they want. They just wanted, okay, got it, got yeah. it, got it. And they, but you didn't have that mindset. You were like, no. Nah, like, you, you, picked up, you picked up something from this guy. You picked up something yeah. from, and, you know, these big names yes. that you're, you're mentioning that you, you're, you know, your professors. And you're taking all of these, this knowledge and you're kind of building. You're putting in, like, yeah. like you know, uh, menudo, so to speak. Yeah. You're, you're starting exactly to put that. a lot of ingredients into this stew, which is who you are. Yeah. Um, so you just hit a million dollars, all yeah. right? So you're you're doing pretty well here. Yeah. Uh, I made. I think lectures. that year I made forty two thousand dollars, and I thought, man, this is the best thing ever, right? Yeah. And that's that. I had no salary. It was yeah. all commission and okay. personal training. That's it. 
That's what I made. Wow. Right. So the next year they came through and they were like, hey, we're going to give you a raise. Mm -hmm. Welcome to corporate America. They gave me a $10,000 base. Right. And they increased all, of course, its sales. You have to up the the quotas. Right. But my cap was $40,000. And I was like, well, this is not a raise. It's a pay cut because, number one, I have to hit all my bonuses to get 40,000 and yeah. last year I made 42 and they didn't want me to train as much. They wanted me to manage more. And so I was like, this is a cut. And, um, and that's when I decided I, I was um, not going to work for them in management anymore. That I, I did the math and I realized I could make more money training in, the, in that facility than I could just managing. And so I stepped down as the manager, which actually at that time was great for me because my assistant became the manager and it basically meant I could do whatever I wanted and Mm. train, you know, because I hired him. He was my assistant and now he's my boss. Right. And so um, a good buddy system. Yeah, it was it was very good. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, I went to with that company. I went to uh, South Florida to open up gyms. I was supposed to before I became the manager, I was supposed to get one of their gyms and they ran out of money. So that's when I became manager. I came back to Austin and managed that. Oh, okay, okay. So it was good for me to go over there because I learned stuff about opening gyms and stuff like that. Okay. Um, and so that was beneficial. Um, and in the meantime, I'm still trying to learn how to become stronger. I had an Olympic lifting coach I was working with who was from Bulgaria. He was very like c- didn't speak a lot of English and all he knew know, was heavy things. Yeah, <laughs> he was like you know, yeah. bar closer, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And wow, so I learned okay. from him. And then eventually I, d- I left that place and went on my own um, and d- was working at this place called Muscle Performance. And it was a little bitty gym. And there was some crazy people that we, we tried to build our own system that was sort of like CrossFit. But we didn't nobody knew what CrossFit was then. Okay. Um, and we me and my buddy Joey um, called it Complex Blast Training. CBTs and it was basically a bunch of intervals we worked with a lot of football players and you know explosive athletes and we would do like you know 20 seconds of work and 30 seconds of rest and we tried all this different stuff it was very similar to CrossFit but not quite as sexy (laughs) and um, and that gym folded and I actually got some equipment because they were like hey they're gonna lock us out go get equipment if you want it so I I rolled up with my car and like threw a bunch of crap in the trunk and you know and uh, and then after that started on my own and it was go back to mom. My brother was working physical therapy mm-hmm. um, and he was working for Health South. And he was like, hey, I saw 28 patients today and I'm getting paid this much and they're making this much. And uh, and I was like, yeah, I, I you know, in, in the corporate fitness world, I was getting paid twenty dollars an hour and they upped the. They upped the personal training rate. So you're my client. You're paying $50 an hour. I get 20 bucks of it, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, guess what? We're going to raise your rate to 70 bucks. And my clients were like, oh, but you get a raise, right, Dave? No, I'm still 20 bucks an hour. Oh. <laughs> and that's when I decided, like, I'm done with this, right? And so I had some clients that left with me. And then I'm basically on my own training them. And my mom was like, why don't you open your own place? And told my brother that, why don't you open your own place so you're not making money for the man? You can be the man. Right. And that's kind of what happened. We It took us about a year because nobody would give us a facility because we didn't have a lot of money and mm-hmm. we had never been open before. Um, and eventually we had this place that was sort of like it was – it had one door and it opened up like that. Okay. And it was in a shopping center and nobody wanted it because they were like, no, we need storefront. We need windows. 
And and the guy wouldn't give it to us because we didn't have any history of any financial history or anything. Right. You know, and um, he called us like six or eight months later and said, look, the owner's trying to sell the shopping center and it has to be at capacity to sell. And I can't get anybody in there. Do you guys still want in? Of course we did. So we signed a five-year lease. And this is you and your brother. Yeah, me and my brother. We so started the business. Right. So this business. He's Tillman he, Physical Therapy. He's in physical. Okay, center. there he goes. So yeah. he's physical therapy. Yeah. And you're bringing that. I'm training. Your your training yeah. mind into it. So I think that's a beautiful marriage. Yeah. You know because, you know I've done physical therapy. Um, had to do it on uh, when I tore my knee. So yeah. I was doing physical therapy, and it's awesome because they're you know helping you work through an injury, but at the same time. You know, as an athlete, I tore my, my knee wrestling. All I want to do is get back in the ring. Right. That's all I want to do. So, like I said, what a beautiful marriage here because, you know, you got you got people that are like, oh, man, I'm hurt. I'm learning how to, you know, walk better. And then at the same time, there's advertisements for working out again. <laughs> right. So they can't work out. It's just right. like the perfect prime opportunity for you to walk in and be like, hey, yeah. I know you're going to get better. And when you do, guess what? I can make you stronger too. Yeah. So I, I, I can't. I, I love how that's blended together. Yeah. And that's it kind of a, a beautiful marriage of physical therapy and super strong or, you know, your yeah. strength It was awesome. I mean, and it was mom's idea, right? Oh, oh yeah. back to mom. It was mom's idea. <laughs> okay. I told you, she's my hero, right? Yeah. And so she was like, and she had experience opening doctor's offices. She had opened, she was, she was like the business manager for the, all these medical facilities, you know, and she had opened practices. And so we, we put her on there and she got Mike his whatever, all the permits and licenses that he needed as a, to be a physical therapy, yeah. you know, uh, licensed business and that sort of stuff. And I was basically Mike's flunky at the beginning. I was the tech. I was the, the insurance guy. I was, it was just Mike and I in, in this giant room. We had no equipment. We hustled and we found a way. We found a physical therapy gym that was closing in San Antonio that my uncle had worked at as a PTA. And he was like, the lady says she'll sell you all this stuff for less than a thousand bucks if you move all her other stuff to this other place. So that's what we did. And so we totally go down there, Mike and I and my uncle like move all this crap. And then we got to take this other stuff for under a thousand bucks and we start, suddenly we had equipment. And we literally bought things the, w the same way I did with CrossFit when we first opened up is I bought, tried to buy one thing every month or every other month. That's it. Just one thing. Hey, I'm buying a set of dumbbells. That's it. Boom. Okay, next I'm going to buy a barbell. Like I started a CrossFit with a barbell that my buddy found in his backyard that was rusted. And he cleaned it. And, that's, and it was <laughs> Russell. Like I had, I had 10 people in class. It was one barbell. One medicine ball, one, and we would just rotate through. Okay, you're doing push-ups. Okay, you're doing burpees. You're doing squats. Switch. Everybody switched, and that's how we did it. And what I love about this is that, you know, your philosophy here, that there are 10 members that are confident and believe in your system yeah. to be there. Because there's a lot of places that would walk through the room like, are you kidding me? One, have one barbell. One barbell. <laughs> there's 10 of us. Are you yeah. kidding me? But yet, I mean – you have this charisma about you. You have this aura about you to where <laughs> you really draw people in and you give them the confidence that they need to believe in what you're doing. You know what I mean? Like yeah, your athletes yeah. don't just come in here going, you know, all right, I got my workout and I can go home. Like, no, they literally tell you after they're done with the workout, after they're dog tired, I'm talking, these guys can't even move. And they're still like, 
tomorrow I'm coming back in here because yeah. that lift that I just did was not good enough. Yeah. And you're crazy. looking right at them going, no, it was great. Yeah. It was fantastic. And they have that in them, that drive, that that yeah. hunger to go, no, it can more. be better. Yeah. And that, yes, most pe- most of your athletes have that drive already, but a lot of them are learning that through you that being good you can be better right you're good yeah, yeah. you can be better yeah. you know and it's and you don't you don't teach them that in a way of like yeah you're good but you can be better it's more of a dude you're good but i'm telling you you have the capabilities yeah. of being it's all in context on how you yeah. talk to people and you really have that um so we're gonna because we're gonna talk about how you got me here yeah <laughs> but um let, let's go back so you you guys move you guys have a facility mom's idea you got a thousand dollars you have equipment and now so that you know, was probably like 2000, 2001, okay. around that time that we opened. And I started doing like classes. And literally, like I told you, I'd have like five-pound dumbbells. And mm. like, guess what? We're going to do this class. And we were doing like CBTs, like complex yeah. blast training. It was a bunch of intervals. And I, 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 of course, am always in continuing education. I learned like from sprint coaches. I learned this. And I would incorporate everything. Like we're mixing it all up. That's what we're doing. And um, and cut to as the clinic's growing as my business is growing to the early 2007 okay um i have a client and he's like hey the movie 300 is going to come out you know have you seen how these guys train and i was like no and Great he's like flick. go look <laughs> go look it up it hadn't come out yet because okay. i think it came out in late summertime or yeah. whatever yeah and this was like springish probably and so i looked it up like oh these guys are doing some crazy training and it was a guy named mark twight and um, he was like a mountain climber kind of a guy, um, but had this crazy training system. And I started doing research on him, and it was super hardcore. They had the skull and crossbones on their website, you know, and it was like, don't try this at home and don't steal our workouts or we're going to come and get you, stuff like that. Um, and they were doing things like, you know, they would do a bunch of power cleans and then they'd drag a tire. And, you know, it was like crazy stuff that you had never seen before. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. So I did research on him and found out that he had worked with Greg Glassman the founder of CrossFit, and that took me to CrossFit. Okay. And then literally – That was my next question. So yeah. great. Awesome. Literally in the weekend, I watched every video that CrossFit put up, and it was like pages. And pa- I, w- I mean, because I get obsessed, and when I'm obsessed, like it's on. Like I don't sleep. Like it's – I'm, you know, I watched them all, every one. And I was like, this stuff is freaking amazing. I hadn't even done a workout yet. And I decided, okay, I'm going to do a workout. And of course, the most of the videos was Fran. Fran. And, and so I decided I would do that. And I mean, I'm old school, so you couldn't kick your pull-ups. You had to do strict, you know. So um, th- real quick, because that's one of our questions in our podcast is Fran. Yeah. Uh, what What is Fran? Describe Fran so to, the, uh, to our listeners. Yeah, so Fran is one of the most famous. Most of the benchmark workouts have a name, mm-hmm. right? And most of them are named after girls. Now we have hero workouts that are named after somebody that's died or something like that. Usually it's some type of first responder, a soldier, a police officer, right. or a firefighter. Um, and, and that's hero workouts. But the CrossFit benchmarks are all named after women for whatever reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, actually, I think Greg Glassman said anything that, it d- let me get the quote right, anything that leaves you lying on your back in a pool of sweat going, what happened to me, deserves a woman's name. That's what he said. I think I have heard that before, yeah. and I love it. Yeah. So and so Fran, Fran yep. 
is probably one of the most famous ones. And if you ask me, I hate the workout, um, but it is probably the perfect workout in that it probably works everything. Everything. Right. And that's why you hate it because you feel like you worked everything. Yes. So it's a thruster. And a thruster, if you don't know, is a front squat and a press. Yep. Right. So you're working basically all your pushing muscles, right? You're squatting, you're working mm -hmm. your legs, you, and then you press over your head. Yes. Anytime you go over your head, your heart rate goes up, right? Because it's got to work harder to get the oxygen to your fingertips, right? Mm, yep. Into those muscles. So you have to do uh, thrusters, and then the next thing you have to do is pull-ups. And pull-ups is, and especially the way CrossFit does pull-ups, it's they're not strict necessarily. They're kipping which works more it spreads it out yep you're not only working lats you're working also your hips your abdominals you know so it's you're working all your pulling muscles and all your pushing muscles thruster all your pushing pull-ups all your pulling muscles pulling right up. yep so it's 21 thrusters 21 pull-ups 15 thrusters 15 pull-ups nine thrusters nine pull-ups for time for time and i'm watching these people in the video and they're doing like six seven minutes and i'm like okay i've never done this and i can't kip pull up at that time there was no butterfly and at that time where well, you were you were more olympic lifting at yes. that point yeah so you were you're you're, a you're still yeah. a, a large man yeah uh, but at that time you know you're and younger and jerks, and yeah snatch, you're doing all traditional pull-ups a lot of bodybuilding a lot of bodybuilding so, yeah. so you're basically let's just say you're a bodybuilder at that point, pretty much and yeah. you're walking in a crossfit knowing that you've got to do thrusters and pull-ups and yeah. you just said strict and that's all you've school, been told and in old school you have to remember like there's, there was like weightlifting. When you lifted weights, you didn't combine it with cardio. It was separate. Like, oh, I have to have a cardio day or a cardio workout, and then I have a weight training workout. Right. So I might come in and do squats. You know, it's a leg day. I'm doing squats. And then on Tuesday, okay, I'm going to add in 20 minutes of stepper or jogging or whatever. At that totally point, you're separate. cooling down or something like that. Yeah, 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 it's like that. The intensity is not there. Right, right. right. And I had done that for sports like sprints and stuff like that. Yeah. But it was still separate from weights. And CrossFit combines that. They're like, okay, we're going to lift these weights fast. And, you know, we want perfect technique as fast as you can go. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I had not done. Right? So, so you walk into Fran. Yeah, I'm by myself okay. in the clinic. We had opened up, right? I'm in yep. the clinic. Um, I, uh, I, 95 pounds is easy for me. I'm a strong guy. Right? Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do 21. I'm broken like I watched this guy do on the video. Yeah. So I go on broken, 21. Breathing heavy, but I'm okay. You know, heart's going. Um, I go to do pull-ups, and I can't kip. I have to strict. And so I start stricting, you know. I think I got to about 10. And all of a sudden, I drop down, and then my heart rate is really going, right? Yeah. So I get through the 21s, but in the 15s, that's when I thought I was going to die. <laughs> and I think I got up, and I started to do five thrusters, and I put the bar down, and then I didn't want to pick it up. I couldn't pick it up. It was so hard. And then I think I'm like, okay, I'm going to do another set of five, and I did two. And I dropped the bar, and then it was ones from then on. Right. One pull-up at a time, and it took me like 17 minutes. And I thought I was going to die. I'm, I'm really, uh, I'll your be honest heart with was you, jump out of your like chest. I'm really shocked I didn't stop. And I remember telling myself, like, you can't quit. You can't quit. You can't, you have to, one more rep, one more rep. It, it was literally felt worse than probably running a marathon. So the absolute, that, that's your first CrossFit experience is the absolute worst workout that most CrossFitters say. Yes. Um, so at that point, you could have. You could have just like this it. is stupid. Exactly. You could have just walked this. away like, you know what? This is ridiculous. Go right back to the weights. Go back to what right. I'm comfortable yeah. doing at the moment. 
But you didn't. No. You, you completely I, got destroyed <laughs> by CrossFit workout, and yet you still stood up and went, Okay, I want to. I want to preach this. Well, I don't know if I stood <laughs> okay. up. Okay, but, but here's what I, I would stand up and take two steps, and then lay back down, and stand up, stand up, and take a couple. Steps. I made my way to the phone, and I called Robin, and I said, "Your wife." Yeah, I called Robin, and I said, "I've never felt this terrible. We have to start doing this." <laughs> and she was like, "You're crazy. Like, I'm not going to do that." Right. And okay. Literally, that was everybody. That was Mike. That was my brother. Like, yeah. that was everybody. No way. You're crazy. This is dangerous. We're going to get hurt. We're going to die. But in my mind, it was like, I thought I was in good shape, and I was in terrible shape. I, I love that. Horrible shape. I, I brought my dad. My dad, uh, he played for SMU, college yeah. football, up north nice, in Dallas. Nice, dude. Yeah. Football. Uh, yeah, cool. yeah, he played SMU. Uh, Could have gone pro. Didn't do it. Met my mom. God bless him. See? So, there you go. Exactly. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes it happens. Uh, anyway, but he – you know, football player, and uh, then I got into fitness way later on. You know, he kept me involved in basketball and whatnot, but I just never really got into it until I, I, I moved back to Texas, and I, I found CrossFit, and I remember I, I was like, Dad, you got to go do a workout with me because he's always been in shape, in great shape. He's a runner, lifted a lot of weights, and he's like, okay, and he did a workout with me uh, here in Austin, and I brought him to a CrossFit gym. I was like, come to my gym, and uh, he did a workout, and uh, first time ever, like, I, I could see it in his eyes. He's like – holy crap, my son's going to beat me at something, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then uh, we got done with the workout and, you know, I could just see it because he's so prideful. I'm like, yeah. how was that, dad? And he's like, it's okay. Yeah, but I could yeah. just see it in his eyes. He's like, that sucked. Yeah. That sucked. So awesome. So you're preaching. I, I just, I thought I'd tell that story because that's what your wife is thinking. You know, when you're calling, you're going, hey, I'm, this thing sucks, but we're going to do it. And yeah. she's like, no way. And your brother is saying, no way. Yeah. But yet you're still yeah. like, I had to, preaching this. I had to fight for a while for that. Really? Robin was the first to jump on. Okay. And then eventually Mike. But even like when we bought. So you see like we have what? Eight rowers out here. Yeah. Whatever. Eight yeah. at the other place. So I had to fight to get our first rower. So and, had, and the rowers are about a thousand bucks. Right. And mm -hmm. I found a deal where it was like, I don't know, just under 800, like 790 or something. And they did, would not. Like, you know, we're struggling business. And mm -hmm. I'm like, dude, we need a rower. Let's get a rower. 800 bucks come on 800 bucks no 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 eventually we get a rower and the freaking therapist use it all the time i can barely use it in my class because <laughs> they, and so and then eventually like it went on so the best thing that happened was and i love my brother when he gets on something he tells everybody like he like you have to come and do this he makes them he's really good like i'm good at making people do stuff they don't want to do yeah but mike is better than i am at that Love it because he's a therapist and he's like, go do this, do a hundred, oh, do a hundred press ups, go do this, you know, and he started feeding people into CrossFit right away, and so that's that's where you know when you talk about the physical therapy and the CrossFit, that's where it comes together, and so honestly, Russell, like a good percentage of our members came from therapy. Like they came in for therapy for whatever reason, maybe they twisted their ankles running right. or whatever. And then Mike's like, you know, you'd be in better shape. Your joints would be stronger if you did some CrossFit. And uh, um, he would incorporate some of that when it was appropriate, of course, right. into their therapy. Like, guess what? You know, we need to work on your hips and whatever. You're going to go do wall ball. Boom. And, it, and at the clinic, you'd have to go outside to do wall ball because the ceilings were too low. Mm -hmm. And so they'd go outside and do wall ball. And he'd be out there with them and come back in, and, you know, and progress them on. I think wall balls is what made me fall in love with CrossFit. Yeah. I know that's psycho. I'm yeah. like one of the weird people. But I remember doing a bunch of wall balls in Houston at, at the 
I like Wawa. I love Wawa. I think I think I they're do. awesome, so and they I. and they affect you in a certain way. There are some things I really dislike, but I hate cleans. I ha- I I love anything with a bar. I'm not gonna lie. I, I like I, I like strict press. I, yeah. I love strict press. Uh, I just and I I don't mind thrusters, but I I'm just terrible I, at overhead. Oh, actually, overhead squats. I'll tell you what. I hate handstand pushups. I hate being upside down. I'm a big guy. I do not like to be upside down. I don't I, in I, any I, way, shape, or form. Like I don't even like handstand holds. I can do them. I yeah. can do handstand, but I hate them. You know. So that leads me to where we are now. All right. Uh, we have to talk about a couple things because first and foremost, um, this show is called the Madcast Podcast, yeah. and it's not because you're out of your mind mad. <laughs> well, <laughs> mad some would argue that. <laughs> yeah, some would, but Mad actually stands for something. So. What does MAD stand for so, in your gym? So MAD stands for, and this is a question that I've asked people before, like, what do you think MAD stands for? And you get all sorts of answers, mm-hmm. you know, and it's kind of fun. But MAD stands for Michael and David. And, I mean, it's simple, right? Yeah, yeah. Michael and David. And, I mean, honestly, it's probably more marketable than damn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's <laughs> a pro wrestler that marketed damn. Yeah. So. But um, it was because of the things I learned from Mike being a physical therapist and he he's very much involved in the CrossFit stuff because I'll ask him. And for years I've asked him like, hey, uh, suddenly I have, you know, five people that are have pain in their shoulders and this and that, you know, and he looks at the programming. He's like, OK, we need to add this in. We need to add that. And being in the beginning of CrossFit, Mike is probably I would argue one of the top one or two uh, therapists that has seen the most CrossFit athletes in the world because uh, when we affiliated CrossFit, we were one of the first 250 CrossFits in the world, right? And now there's 15,000. Right. Okay. So we've been doing this um, as a CrossFit since 2007. So we're going on 13. Uh, actually, in September, it'll be 14 years, I think, maybe oh, wow. 14 years. And so Mike was one of the first. And um, because of my background, not just CrossFit, but old school, like Olympic lifting and weight training and that sort of stuff. In the fact, I've kind of always thought like a coach. Um, I ended up working with a lot of CrossFit owners because the owners didn't have anyone to coach them. The head coaches didn't have that. And so they would come to me. And so there's a lot of people I know that are old school CrossFitters that have gyms that came to us at the beginning because I had Mike, who's a doctor in physical therapy, right? And I had this history of coaching and I saw some success at the beginning and they would come and say, hey, I want you to program for me and I can learn and start programming for my box, you know, and that sort of stuff. And so that's kind of where it grew. And Mike literally has had CrossFitters drive from Dallas, drive from Houston just to get therapy with him. Um, And so he became well known in that. And we became a place that, you know, like a lot of CrossFit athletes would come in and see. And it helped my experience and his experience. And that's we didn't when we started, we were Tillman Physical Therapy and Sports Training Center. And then we were at actually at first we were CrossFit uh, Tillman Training. And then we decided to switch it to CrossFit Cedar Park because that was our location. We felt like we could get more. Now they won't let you actually in. They, I, um, well, they just sold it and maybe that's changed. But for a while, like you couldn't be called CrossFit Chicago or whatever. Like right. only if you were old school and you're grandfathered into that. Oh, okay. And so, um, but that mad didn't come through until I started training competitors. And that became like we started running camps, the mad athlete training camp. Mad athletes, and yeah. And on our camps, like Mike would speak and he would speak on um, 
mostly mobility and how to prevent injuries and things that you could do to balance out your joints so that you couldn't. So he would come and do that lecture. I would lecture on programming and strength. Um, I started bringing in Chad Vaughn and Jody Vaughn, who Chad's been to the Olympics um, two times, two-time Olympian. Mm -hmm. and Jody Vaughn is like a two or three-time world uh, competitor and um, in Olympic lifting. Mm -hmm. And so they would come and, s and do lectures on Olympic lifting. We brought in Dave Durrani, who was uh, – who actually picks the gymnastics team for America now, and he was wow. an alternate at Beijing Olympics. He's a phenomenal, one of the best coaches I've ever seen, Dave Durrani. And uh, so we started bringing Valerie, the girl pose running that yeah. I told you about. Yeah. We brought her in, and we would have this two, two day, three day camp, and we would just like cram brains full of as much as we could, and and we did a lot of that. I just I just hear you know you and your brother have this mind. You know, like he's got this physical therapy mind where he's, you know, helping people get back into shape or recover from something. And then you're picking up the, you know, kind of the pieces, so to speak, to go, hey, you know, he's he's feeding them a little bit of CrossFit there. Hey, did you know you're already doing some CrossFit physical yeah. therapy stuff? Well, check it out. My brother over here is going to yeah. teach you more <laughs> of the everything, you know. Yeah. But you, you, you rattle off a whole bunch of names that you've already interacted with in the past mm -hmm. and you've learned from. Yeah. So now you're just this melting pot of knowledge. You've learned from so many different people in different stages and, you know, varies of fitness. Right. So now you have MAD, the mm -hmm. MAD athletes, uh, the MAD athlete programs and your athletes. Um, let's talk about Super Strong because yeah. you're yeah. taking all of these things. You've taken, yeah. you know, Olympic lifting. You've taken all of these different things, pose running, CrossFit, all of this and you've mixed it into this thing called super strong yeah so tell us a little bit about super strong yeah. because everybody that we talk to on our podcast mm -hmm. on the mad um, madcast podcast uh are in some way shape or form affiliated with super strong right and they've either they're doing it or they've they're gonna it. do it or yeah. they've done it yeah uh tell us a little bit about super strong what does that mean and, and why are you you know not only are you crossfit coach but you have your own type of like yeah. it's called super strong. Let's talk about super strong. That's this yeah. is your bread and butter. So when we talked about like I told you about like I learned from Jan and Terry Todd about mm -hmm. eccentric loading and th and that's a common thing. People know that, right? Um, I started incorporating that with my clients. Even when I was at Cuba Sports Club, uh, um, I had a client that annoyed the crap out of me, and she would complain about everything. And she was like a high up executive with um, a, a marketing firm. Uh, like a vice president and she was just whatever for whatever reason she just annoyed the crap out of me and so I started playing with the tempos I would I had a lot of my athletes on that because I learned that it makes you stronger so I pushed her to the 10 second tempo really because if she's doing a negative squat for 10 seconds she can't complain so like she can't talk and so I started doing that and she got really strong and she was older she was in her 40s you know and I was like, man, you are starting to squat some crazy weight. And so then that sort of clicked. When cut to, <laughs> I'm kind of uh, laughing at the <laughs> fact that you have a we became client. friends. Okay, you have a client <laughs> that annoys you, and, yeah. and, and, and you're you're molding her and kind of <laughs> punishing her. Like you annoy me, so guess what? I'm gonna make I you do. You I don't want to hear you talk, so I'm gonna make yeah. you do things. I'm tired. I'm tired of you <laughs> at me, so you're gonna go longer. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You're not doing anything. You're purposely doing something, but you're also giving her a goal. So I, I think it's awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. So, cut to, um, we have we have. I have my competitors, but I started this this class called Super Strong, and I said, okay, nobody's ever done, to my knowledge, 
a we've done progressive resistance, right? We've done, um, you know, different types of pyramid training and all sorts of stuff like that, you know, but nobody's done that with tempo. And so I decided, like, we're going to run this class and we're going to have fun with it, man. It's going to be hard weightlifting, crazy stuff. And so we did a class called Super Strong. And it was mostly not competitors. It was your regular CrossFitters, right? So um, I started them week one and we went to week 12 and we started with a four second negative on these lifts. And it was and this was regular CrossFitters and it was like two and a half hours, right? Two hours. It was a lot. Um, we, we, I, um, I'm going to side for a second, go to the side. I did a self-evaluation years ago on what things I'm good at and things I'm not good at. Uh, one of the things I'm not in historically have been good at is time management. So, I mean, I taught the last class of the day, right? Super strong. And I was like, well, I'm just going to write down what I think they need to do and however long it takes them. That's how long it takes them. And so it took two Two and a half hours, <laughs> and so, but they Sucks did it for them. <laughs> but they, they did loved it. it. Oh wow, they loved it because there's that thing where people that suffer together kind of bond, and they loved it. And I would give them some short, terrible CrossFit workout that had to do with weights. Somehow it it applied to super strong, right? So it might be like Renegade Row where you push up row row, yep. mixed with burpees or something like that, right? I would give them a short wad at the end, but mostly it was just lifting. Right. They loved it. Everybody got stronger. Literally everyone in the class improved by between 15 and 20 percent in their max numbers. Right. I picked CrossFit total because that was the CrossFit strength workout. Mm -hmm. Right. The first day we're going to do max back squat, max strict press, max deadlift. Right. And that's what we did. We did it again at the end. And 100 percent of people improved in their strength. Right. And and it was awesome. And they loved it. And we, I threw in some bodybuilding stuff. Like I threw in a, uh, a night where we did strip sets and just made everybody suffer in pain. And it was great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. Every time you talk about something like it, it was the worst part of it and everybody loved it. Right. It was this. It was just so gross. <laughs> and everybody loved it. And then I tortured <laughs> them this way and everybody loved it. <laughs> I love it. It's so great. And so then we went to and we did this repeated. I would repeat it once a year. Okay. Right? Um, and so we did this cycle and then I started g putting it with as regionals came into play and more and as CrossFit grew because the first year of CrossFit games, like when Nick went was the first year of regionals, but you didn't have to qualify for regionals. You could just show up. Right. The next year you had to qualify via they called it sectionals. Right. Um, uh, but after that it was the open and so they they had to give it layers and as they gave it layers like people got better you had to do a little bit more you know and so then i started mixing that program that strength program with crossfit movements that were more advanced chest to bar pull-ups muscle ups handstand push-ups and so now like you're talking about that was like 2009 right and now we're where we are in 2020 right 11 years later and there have been like i don't even know how many cycles of super strong we've run through right um not last year but the year before we did it twice in a year with the mad crew and they it was phenomenal mm -hmm. but then they changed the open and so i couldn't run it oh, two times okay right yeah and so uh, because it's 12 weeks and it smashes them like they all get better but i mean it breaks your body down and For so sure. we need some time after that to like you know build back up and so 
it, it's been literally 11 years of, of me. Like I learned in college and I had this coach and I had that coach and I had all these amazing, amazing people that I learned from and still learn from. But now it's a lot of me playing with things, you know, like, okay, this is the first time we've ever done super strong with a bench press. And, and so a couple things that have come out of this, Russell, is I'm not a power lifter. I was a bodybuilder who liked Olympic lifting. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Um, now, the people don't understand there's a difference. Right. You know, Olympic living, bodybuilding, powerlifting. There's just – there's differences. So out of this class that I ran, Super Strong, I had a, a lady named Alice. And Alice is in her 50s, right? I know she, Alice. She's she on did our Zoom call, yeah. man. She's you know Alice. A yeah. beast. She did, she did the second su Super Strong that I ever did. She's done it probably six or seven or eight times now, since then. She's like a six, seven-time world record holder in powerlifting. Not a powerlifting coach. I'm not a powerlifter. Yeah. I've learned a lot because of Alice suddenly right. decided, like, hey, I think I'm going to try this powerlifting because I deadlift more than everybody else deadlifts. <laughs> and she does. And she in does. the yeah. world. Yeah. In the world. Yeah. Nobody deadlifts more than Alice. We got to get her on the podcast. She's amazing. Yeah. She, she's, she's phenomenal. She's, and She's going to be on it. And then, all of a sudden, I had another lady named Tammy. And Tammy is a nurse. She's like, what, 40 years old, 39 years old, mother, you know. Um, and, you know, nurses work these terrible hours, you know. And so she does that. So Tammy's really strong, has done this super strong program. And then all of a sudden, Alice is like, hey, Tammy, why don't you sign up for this powerlifting meet that they're having? Uh -huh. Tammy signs up, right, competes. She has a good time. It was, it was at uh, Austin Convention Center. With they, at that same time, they had powerlifting. They had a CrossFit. They had a strongman. They had arm wrestling. They had everything in, in the same. It was like fitness convention or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and like a month later, Alice goes, Tammy, you should look up the records and see like how far away you are from the records. And Tammy looked up the state records of Texas, and it was her name on all three that she didn't even know she hit in her first meet ever. God. And all this is from Super Strong. Yeah. This is from your program. That's right. That from you created. Yeah. This is nothing. This is just you taking I not ideas, but ideologies and like all this other things from all these other athletes that you yeah. met around however the, I'm gonna say the world because right. yeah, you had a yeah. Bulgarian teacher, yeah. you yeah. know. And now you've created Super Strong. Yeah. And that's what gets us to where and since we then, are. Tammy's a five time world record holder. Jeez, man. So you got you've got world re record holders. Older, yeah. holding athletes under your belt, so to speak. Oh, man. So and that's the funny awesome. thing is I'm really a CrossFit coach because right. that's what I specialize in is I send people to the CrossFit Games or to regionals or whatever level that is, depending, of course, CrossFit Games, you know, you can't just take anybody there. Right, <laughs> which some of some of those athletes ha are going to be on this podcast. On the yeah. Madcast podcast, yeah. you're going to hear some of these athletes that yeah. have made it to the Games, which is so awesome because we've already recorded some of those. You yeah. know, shout like – Spoiler alert! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're recording right yeah. now as we speak, man. And like we have these these athletes that you're going to interview, and I can't wait for those to come out. So let's talk about what led to this podcast, why we're doing this, and why I'm here. Because I came because of one of your coaches now, mm -hmm. uh, Jenny is yeah. coaching at Cedar Park CrossFit, yeah. and then also Dave, uh, another awesome. David, and so is he. Uh, yeah, yeah, David's awesome. Uh, all all coaches, and I was a coach with them at another CrossFit gym or um, strength and conditioning gym uh, here in Austin, and that gym folded. Yeah. And, you know, we're, like, kind of like the land of misfit toys do? right yeah. now. Like, Where do we do? do? Like, Jenny and David, like, they're traditional coaches. Like, that, that's how yeah. they make their living. Me, on the other hand, I was doing it, you know, helping out 
uh, you know, and I just I just love CrossFit. I yeah. just love it. Uh, and then, you know, Jenny and uh, met with your wife, Robin. Yeah. That's how it all started. Yeah. And then Jenny. And she I reached were, out. Yeah. And she was like, hey, I have some people that are gyms folded. Like, I have some people that might be interested. And the funny thing is she didn't ask me for a job or anything. Right. And then it just kind of came up because I, I asked her, like, I met with her. And I was like, well, what are you doing? You know, and she was like, well, I'm looking for a job. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you know, and then it kind of worked out. One of my coaches was leaving. Yeah. And, you know, and Jenny's, Jenny's a phenomenal story. She, exactly. Think about that. Yeah. You know her story. Like, yep. that's phenomenal. She's infectious in the yes. best of ways. Yeah. Uh, she's going to be on the on the podcast. Yeah, soon. she's awesome. Um, she's an amazing coach because you're right. She has a great story and yeah. which we'll get to on this podcast. Uh, and she came along. You gave her the job. Mm -hmm. uh, Jenny and I, like I said, are, are, are really good friends. And she, the whole time she's telling me about it, she's like, Russell, you got to meet Dan. And I've heard about you, actually. I, she I told actually, me about you, too. Because <laughs> I, I live right next door well, to so this th gym. This is what happened was she's telling me, like, Russell this, Russell that. I'm like, yeah, yeah. She was like, he's a wrestler. And I was like, what? He's a wrestler. <laughs> I got to meet this guy. <laughs> and, and that's what she told me. She goes, you got to meet Dave. Uh, you, you know, and your gym is literally right next door to my house, which is awesome. Um, and, and she keeps telling me, you got to be Dave, you got to be Dave. And, and uh, you know, we're going through this global pandemic. Yeah. Everything's kind of like, we don't yeah. know what's going on. And, uh, finally, uh, it's the Murph. Yeah. And Jenny's like, just come to do the Murph. And I'm like, okay, I'll do the Murph. So I went to Cedar Park CrossFit, do the Murph, uh, meet the coach that's leaving that actually she moved, uh, yeah. where did her and her husband Lindsay. move somewhere? Lindsay. Yeah. Yes. Lindsay. Tennessee. They, they moved yeah. to Tennessee. That's what it was. And I meet them, and Jenny's like, kind of, I'm, I'm working it. This is where I'm going to be. I'm like, all right, cool. And it, uh, Cedar Park CrossFit's awesome. Great yeah. facility. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just couldn't help it. I was like, all right, I got to come in and, and check this place out. Yeah. And uh, I walked in, and I, I met, and I did a workout. Because I met Keani. Yeah. I met Keani Keani's at Cedar awesome, Park. Man. Yeah, Keani's yeah, awesome. He's going to be on the podcast as well, so many. Uh, and Keani's like, you know, you got to come over and meet Dave. You so know, he's telling me the same thing. So Keone was super instrumental in starting the podcast. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And he's going to be the next episode. Yeah. And, I, and and we're going to get to that story, which is another great story. But uh, I come out. And, uh, Keone's like, you got to come work out. And he picks the, a yeah. day. And I think it was a Saturday. Um, and I come work out and do the Saturday wad. And I'm like, wow, that was a brutal workout. I, I got, I, I'm falling in love again. You know, yeah. falling in love with the CrossFit. And as I'm walking out. You're walking in, yeah, and I'm like, that. "Hey, Dave, how you and right doing?" Away, right away, right away, like, you're yep. like, "Hey, you're the wrestler." <laughs> yeah. I'm like, "Oh <laughs> man, <laughs> great!" Uh, and you've actually told uh, your athletes that, "Hey, yeah. you know, I told Brian about yeah, Brian. Yeah, right because we love wrestling, and so yes, you know, we got a lot of wrestling fans in here, yeah. and that was, uh, and I, I know why wouldn't you though? It's so fitness, like I mean, it's yeah. sport, competitive fitness. It's it's also has that you know. That big show. showmanship. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, why would you, how could you not love this thing? Well, and it, it, it's so, it's it's awesome. I love it. And we're going to talk about that on my podcast. Yeah. And, and we're going to, you know, kind of continue this conversation on a different show. Uh, but what was funny is you mentioned me to Brian. And again, I, I don't consider myself a big guy. I'm, I'm 215, 220, whatever, you know, fluctuating in that, that area. Um, but I've always been a skinny kid, and it's only been since I've been doing CrossFit yeah. that I've become quote unquote big. Yeah, you know, and like all my friends, and I go back to Denver, they're like, "Russell, what happened? You're huge." I'm like, I still feel like the little guy. Yeah. So anyway, I walk in the doors here, and it's one evening, um, and I see Brian and uh, Brian and um, who's who's the guy? Uh, 
Aaron? Aaron, yes. Yeah. Sorry, I couldn't think of his name. Brian and Aaron. And immediately I walk through the door and, and Brian goes, hey, dude, you're the wrestler, right? And I'm like, <laughs> what is going on? He's like, I could tell as soon as you walked in. I was like, you, this big guy has got to be the guy. <laughs> I'm six foot, 215. I still yeah. feel small, but uh, that that felt made me feel pretty, pretty cool and welcome here. But like I was getting to uh, early on in this podcast, you have this this aura about you you just draw people in and uh, Keanu and I start talking about the podcast he starts listening to my podcast yeah. which is coming back and he listened to all 25 of my episodes and he's telling you about yeah. the podcast and honestly I watched uh, your Facebook live yeah and wait which one was it I, I do you remember actually, which one it was do I do remember because it, it was uh your uh Alice so can I tell you about that story yes. about that yes so I'm coming in and just talking and Keone right. asks questions of me and I and whoever the guest is and we just kind of talk, right? Yep. Um, Keone sets everything up. I just come in. I, I have this weird app on my phone and I hit record and that's it. Yeah. Like I don't know anything about anything. Yeah. That day, Alice is coming in and Alice is very soft spoken. She yes. actually has an issue where she you she it's a condition mm -hmm. that she can't speak loudly, right? Um, she she's over 50. She wants to wear a mask. And Rose had some issue. And Keone was like, Dave, I can't be there tonight. I got to go help Rose. We're going to the clinic yes. or whatever. Right. And I was like, OK, because me. Yeah, I mean, I'm a jump off the cliff guy. I'm like, OK, we're going to make it work. You know, and I set up and <laughs> I tried to make it work as best I could. But honestly, it was like a total cluster. It was a it was a mess because I watched yeah. the majority of that show on Facebook. You couldn't you hear couldn't Alice. Hear any, everybody yeah. kept commenting, "Can't hear, can't." Apparently, hear, can't there, was hear. there was some static and some weird stuff going on. Yeah, so I immediately reached out to Keone and I said, "Keone, yeah. like, dude, I can help make this better." Yeah, <laughs> you know, like I, I started bringing equipment and you yeah. know, like, yo, let's let me just do this. And Keone kind of said, "Hey." why don't you produce our podcast? Oh. And I'm like, hell yeah, I I'd love to. And, uh, you know, that's how our relationship is now starting yeah. to kind of bond. And, you know, we do this podcast. I've been working out with you guys two, three times a week. And yeah, I got to see you working out today. It was awesome. Oh, <laughs> Dying on that one. But I mean, you're, you're, um, everything that you're doing here is is just blowing me away because i've been to a bunch of crossfit gyms some good some bad yeah um had good experience had bad experiences i've walked into some crossfit gyms and i'm like all right you know that was a good workout but i'm never going back there because i don't feel right like it it fits yeah. you know because it's a culture it really right. is but yeah. in every culture it's, it's your home away from home yeah absolutely yeah uh, but sometimes, you know, you just don't blend well with the atmosphere. You right. know what I mean? And I've been in some of those atmospheres. I'm like, well, it just doesn't feel feel good to me. Um, whereas here, uh, between me, Jenny, David, my wife, my daughter, she's in this gym now. Like, I she's, met her. She, she's awesome. She introduced herself to me tonight. My daughter did? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's, uh, she she's, walked up and she was like, hi, how you doing? And yeah. she gave me nux right away. Oh, yeah. She's very personable. Awesome. Uh, and that's those are the things about this gym that are so welcoming. Yeah. And like I said, you you have all this knowledge that I, I want. And um, I'm going to learn. And uh, you're going to help get me. And your program is going to help me get back into ring shape because, you know, wrestling's coming you're back You're not soon. the first wrestler I've worked with. Here. That's right. You've told me that. Yeah. yeah. So they I, were young. They were like 17, 18. But, you know. <laughs> but I think Super Strong is going to help me in the Hell ring. Hell yeah. 
Uh, sure. The conditioning is going to help be me be in more the explosive. Ring. It's going to be awesome. I'm ready to do it. Uh, that'll be a, a journey that we kind of will we'll document. We'll document oh, my I'm journey. Excited. That's going to be cool. I think that's what we'll do. We're do. You're learning all this on the podcast, too. Like, you didn't even know you are going to talk about this. Yeah, that's what we're whatever. Gonna do. I'm excited we're gonna do about it. That's going to be badass. Um, so in closing, uh, what you can expect from the Madcast podcast is you are our host. Now, I know this one's a little yeah. different because yeah. I'm kind of the producer, but I'm interviewing you. I want the people to know who who's the voice behind, you know, Dave. Yeah, I, I want that way when they hear the next episode, Dave, you're going to be the one that's interviewing your mad athletes. Uh, we're going to have mad athletes. We're going to have uh, your coaches. Yeah. We're going to have Mike on too. Mike's Mike. yeah, your brother. He's awesome. He's going to be on yeah. um, everything on this podcast is going to be, you know, kind of from you and him. So, you know, yeah. and. And uh, so we just kind of want to give everybody kind of an understanding exactly the way this podcast flows, exactly how future episodes are going to flow. We're going to have an a-, a-, a guest on. It's going to be an athlete or a guest, just yeah. whatever. Uh, humble beginnings. Yeah. What they're doing now and then where they're going. Yeah. Because a lot of these athletes that we're talking to, we've already recorded a bunch of episodes. Like they have There's some goals. amazing stories in there. Amazing Freaking stories. Phenomenal stories. I love it. And yeah. we're going to document that through this podcast. And uh, dude, this mad this Madcast podcast. We want everybody to hear it, um, and we're going to stream it. We're going to put it out there as soon as we get it launched. It's going to be amazing. In uh, closing, though, you can find your CrossFit gym here yeah. locally in Austin. You have two locations. That's right. CrossFit Cedar Park. CrossFit Cedar Park. And you can find it on uh, you know, CrossFit 2222. Yep. All of those links are going to be uh, in the podcast. On the in, you know, When you look at the notes, you're going to be able to find all these links, and you're going to be yeah. able to check us out because we got to see the, the pictures behind the yeah. madness. So, uh, Dave, this yeah, is awesome. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to have the book out for Oh, Super that's right. Strong. You have a Super yeah. Strong book coming out. Let's talk yeah. about that real yeah. quick. The goal is to have it done by the end of the year. Okay. So well, you have ton, tons of time I have, to do it. I have the program written. I just have to put together the rest of the book part okay. and, like, explanation of some exercises. I've already written probably mm, four chapters. Nice. And so, uh, yeah. I love it. It's so. just finding the time. It's the time. Well, and that's why, like, yeah. we just got done recording another episode, and then I just said, you know what? We're just going to do this right now, Dave. Oh, you and perfect. I are going to talk about this. So, uh, episode one, what? Madcast Podcast oh, in the books. It. Man, thank you so much for letting me produce this. Uh, Dave, I look forward to sitting behind the chair back here, running the mics and running all the. Uh, yeah, all man, thank you. It's all good, man. But, Dave, Madcast Podcast. Rock Madcast and Podcast. Rock and roll. Yeah.